what do you call the auctioneer that does the blah, 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 blah? <laughs> auctioneer. Auctioneer. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is Woo. the auctioneer. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go look up that keyword later and find out the statistics of why Gary doesn't know that. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the National Auctioneers Association's new podcast, The Auction Advocate, the podcast where we're all in. I am Aaron Ships, the Director of Marketing and Communications at the NAA. Today, we are talking about search engine optimization, or SEO. If you've always wondered what SEO stands for, search engine optimization. And we're going to talk about five things you can do right now to start improving your SEO. Today, I have with me Gary Grant, CEO of SEO Inc. Gary has worked in SEO for 23 years, mm-hmm. SEO Agency of the Year, Entrepreneur Magazine Hot List, Top Agency in 2014, and then consecutively 2017 until 2020, Inc. 5000 Honorary Winner for Fastest Growing Company in America, and your clients include Pacific Gas and Energy, 20th Century Fox, SC Johnson, National Kidney Foundation, and so many others. So welcome, Gary. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me here. This is, uh, it's been a fun day, and this podcast will be real fun, too. So you have been at the Digital Marketing Summit with us, and you have also just come to conference and show. I think that it's safe to say you've taken our members by storm, made an impression. You've talked to us about SEO talked about website audits, all these things, deep dives into it. And at the Digital Marketing Summit, you donated two SEO audits that raised $10,000 for the foundation, which among other things, helps give scholarships to members to attend events, which we very much believe in education. And you are bringing a lot of great education to us. Well, thanks. You know, that was surprising. And it was the first kind of auction I was at. And I was so excited about it, I stood up and started videotaping the auction because I was so excited. I wanted to pitch in and get one of the audits myself. It was was pretty crazy, right? (laughs) Bid on your own audit. (laughs) I was. I was like, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever. And the table that I was sitting at were hysterical because of how excited I was over it. So, um, yeah, yesterday was a really great day. And one of the things I noticed, you know, I've spoke all over the place and you get some people that are just not into it. This group and all the attendees were really interested in learning. I saw the pens writing so fast. I was like, well, geez, I hope they pay attention to me, you know, <laughs> and stop writing. If somebody even asked that, they said, hey, can we get a copy of this? And I said, sure. Then everybody kind of chilled out. But, you know, as I was looking around the room and giving the presentation, everybody really looks focused on this. And, you know, I took uh, my time in trying to meet with as many people as I could, and I'm going to do the same thing today. So we're going to expand the session out today into a little bit more detail. Yesterday was high level. Well, I called it high level, but some people looked at me like deer in headlights. (laughs) You know, I think it's largely a new topic for a lot of our members. You know, there's a lot of advanced members that we have who are looking into things like this and understand things like this. But we have a lot, a majority of our members who are four employees or less, and they don't necessarily have the time or the resources to even begin to understand this concept because they're just running their business. And that's where they're at. So you did an audit for the NAA's website. Mm Mm-hmm. 
shocking. Yes, shocking <laughs> would be the word. <laughs> is that the, the reaction you get from a lot of people is just shock? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's funny. It's all over the place. In 90%, oh my God, I get that moment. I didn't realize it was this bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we go into really granular details when I'm sitting with prospective clients on the phone. Um, but it's shocking to know what's going on, you know, and you really hit the nail on the head. Every one of these people are entrepreneurs. They're small shops. They don't know SEO. Even their developers don't know. It's a very hyper-focused thing that we do. So people say, oh, well, I have a developer, and he said he knows SEO. I said, really? Is his website ranking? Mm -hmm. Well, oh, that's a good point. He's not. I said, okay, it's a whole different ballgame. You know, we do web development, and I, that's kind of where I started in the, uh, the internet world, so to speak. Um, but SEO is a whole different animal. There's so many different aspects you have to look at. And a lot of times we look at, you know, prospect sites, and we're like, oh, my God, this is going to be torture to fix. There's just so many issues, and most business owners know they have an issue. When they're not ranking, the cash register is not ringing. That's a big problem. It is. And, uh, you know, we were not surprised that we had issues. Mm-hmm. We knew we had issues with our website, especially. I think what is intimidating for a lot of people is just the depth that it can go and where the heck do I start with this? Sure. Yeah. So you recommended um, in one of your sessions just taking it in bits and pieces mm-hmm. and being happy with each accomplishment that you get through because it is such a process and and what makes your business worth every penny for people it you know the advantage that we have right it was this is all we do day in day out right we're not out in the field uh, unless we're going to a client location of course but we can handle everything in-house and this is all we do you know for 10 12 hours a day this is what i'm doing i'm reading the latest articles i'm writing code all the time so when somebody asks me to do something we can execute it pretty flawlessly and get it done right the first time so looking at the big picture it's overwhelming it really is because there's so many things you have to do but i say take it one step at a time fight one battle at a time and then slowly advance yourself. And every time you do a change, make a note. Because like in your business, oh, I went, I did X, Y, Z. Well, X, Y didn't work, so we're going to knock that out. But the Z part started generating me revenue. Same thing with marketing. Mm-hmm. Whatever is working, you use. If you made a mistake, you can always go back and change it. Right, and the important part is just remembering what you did and, and tracking those results. Yeah. yeah. And you know what's funny? In Google Analytics... If everybody's familiar with that, when you look at the graph, they have a graph in Google Analytics. And at the bottom, which not too many people know, you could put annotations in there. Hmm. So you can go search that. This is one tip today. Um, how to add annotations into Google Analytics. And it's very simple to surprise you. So what we do is anytime we make a change on someone's website, we annotate what the change is, and then we can see the effect. So we'll say, hey, we did uh, add new keywords to this page. Wow, we got you know 10% lift in overall search volume. That was a winner. Mm-hmm. And if you do something which is a negative effect, of course, you could um, unwind it. Right. <laughs> Escape, undo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so with it being difficult to know where to start, we're going to talk about five things that anyone can do right now 
that wouldn't take a ton of work to get on the right track to improving your SEO. So let's go through some of those. Okay, great. So the first thing you would need to understand your website, evaluate it, right? So without understanding what the problems are, you could be just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks. So I would highly recommend doing a few things. Taking a look at your Google Analytics and what you want to look for, one of the first things is your bounce rate, right? So if you have a high bounce rate, and people asked me this yesterday, it was a great question. Mm -hmm. What should the average bounce rate be? So after 23 years, I've got it down pretty good. So if you have a bounce rate and you're just like a lead gen site, so if you're just looking to capture leads, it should be anywhere between 30, 50, 55 percent, 55 being the top. Um, if you're in that, you're pretty dialed in, so that's a good thing. If it's 70, 80 percent, you have an issue. So you're losing all the harder and all the time you took to fix the site. They're just leaving. So that's a problem, right? Um, for e-com sites, it's a lot different. If you're in that 65% bounce range, that's a very safe place because that's the average in e-commerce. Mm -hmm. um, however, I will say blogs are typically like 80% bounce rate. Mm. It, you know, it's very weird that that happens. It's people go on there, they might read the information and in the search results first mm -hmm. and then just say, click it, okay, yeah, that's what I thought and, you know, blow out. But uh, for lead gen, 30%, 50%, that's the first thing you want to do. Um, second thing is go get a tool. Go get something to help you understand what's wrong with the website. And I think one of the easier ones, but it's not so simple that you won't outgrow it, is uh, SEM Rush. And you get that at semrush.com. Um, I've been using that tool for 15 years. I know the CEO over there. Uh, they want us to partner with them. We do articles for them. They do articles for us. I'm not trying to sell it. <laughs> you know, I don't make anything on that, but it's excellent tool. My team uses that day in, day out. Here's what it's going to do, because without understanding what your website's doing, you're not going to fix it, right? So the first thing it does is it looks at errors. So it crawls your page just like a search engine. So if there's an error with SEM rush crawling your site, you're most likely going to have that error with a Google or a Bing bot. Uh, the second thing it'll do, which is very important, it looks at your backlink profile. So it'll say, hey, this site has really good links pointing to it, which is going to help your rankings. Or conversely, you're going to have really toxic links. And every, I don't care what site you have, well, I never went out and got those links. I don't know why they're linking to me. It happens 100% of the time. So when we do a campaign for a client, and you should be doing this, one of the first things after you set up these tools, you're going to see toxic links. And the next question is, how do I get rid of those? Mm -hmm. right? Yep. So this is, I guess, another tip. So number one, understand your site's health. What's it doing? Where are you ranking? Because SEMrush will show you where you're ranking. You pop your keywords in there. And those that's the real fundamental piece, right? The very, very easy part. Mm -hmm. Get your site set up. Do a couple crawls on it. And it's very simple to understand. See where you're ranking. Then you could start getting a game plan because you have to get one. Okay. 
So you found out you've got some bad toxic links now. You're not ranking good. So how do you get rid of those? Well, inside that tool, you could tick off what looks really bad, and they're highlighted as like super emergency. Oh, my God, get rid of these links right now. And you can actually up those, upload those links into Google Search Console and tell Google not to count them against you. Hmm. It's really, really, it's a lot more efficient. Now, having said that, yesterday I came across an anomaly in the in the attendees. Uh-huh. Nobody knew what Google Search Console was, uh-huh. uh, which is, that's a major problem. Because mm-hmm. this would be part three of understanding your website. <clears throat> Google Search Console ties in with Google Analytics. Everybody says, oh, I have to have Google Analytics to know what my traffic is, to see where the people are coming from. Well, Google Search Console complements that. It'll show you some different demographics, but more importantly, it tells you what Google sees that's wrong with your site. Mm -hmm. So it's funny, last night after uh, the session, I went upstairs and wrote up a whole guideline of how to get it set up and connect. Did you get that yet? Not yet, but you've created so many documents for us, and we are so thankful for that. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, I found a deficiency with the team, and I was like, i got to create this document. (laughs) So I worked on that yesterday. So that's kind of the basic thing. So that would be a step one. Get yourself a tool. Understand what's going on before you set out and make adjustments. That way, you know, I always say, like, you're a captain of a ship. You know, everybody charts out a path. They check the weather. um, They want to check their fuel, make sure they have enough fuel, all the supplies to get from A to B. If you don't do that with your website, how are you going to navigate, you know, the complex world of search engines. Mm-hmm. So those are my kind of initial tips. Okay. Do you want me to dive deeper? I mean, give me a couple more. I think that was about three-ish, so let's, let's do a couple okay, more. Okay, so let's go. All right, so content. Content. Um, everybody says that content's king. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buck the system and say content is queen, mm-hmm. and links are king. So... Since the very first part of Google's algorithm was based on incoming links, and the reason why they were so heavily weighted and still are is because it's kind of like a voting process. So let's say you and I are up for election, and I get uh, sponsored from the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, they're all coming into me, and poor Aaron gets you know a couple local delegates sad right i know i'm sorry i should flip that around you're getting the big votes that's right (laughs) i'm the little guy over here yes that's right gary's hurting in this election so you get all the big people linking to you because you're wonderful and they love this podcast and it's so cool um Meanwhile, what that means is you're the authoritative person. Everybody thinks that you have valuable content. They're linking to you. So your website must be important. You get a big boost up for having high-quality links. But if you have those bad-quality links that poor Gary has over here now after (laughs) speaking with you, um, my rankings can go down. So you have to be smart about how you're acquiring these links. But the content, so... Let's say we create great content because we want people to link to that content. It's very important how you 
have to put it together to rank. Because you could write a great piece, and I think I talked about this yesterday. You could spend hours, a week researching, and you put out like, oh my God, I am the best at writing this. This is the best piece that I ever wrote. And no traffic to that page. So when you're a writer and a journalist, and I'm always teaching people on this, we've uh, spent a lot of time at different companies teaching 30, 40 people just in content, and that's coming today, by the way. Yay! Um, so there's a certain way to write. Number one, you're writing for a user experience, for people visiting and consuming what you're putting out there, and then you're writing for search engines. And that's the kicker, because without knowing how to write for both, that content could be stagnant and just sit there. So once you write a good piece of content, there's ways to format it, and if you want a really good example, um, people can go just type into Google right now, or if you're in your car, maybe not, pull over. Um, <laughs> be safe. <laughs> right, yeah, definitely be safe. Um, type in what is E as in Edward, hyphen, A hyphen, T as in Tom. Type in what is eat. Now, we wrote a blog, and that'll be the number one blog there. Uh, should have the number one listing. And look how it's formatted you're going to notice that there's two questions. What is eat? Is eat good for my SEO? Something like that. Um, so it, the questions are there, and right below that in the description are the answers. And when you go into the blog, it has it right at the top. Whatever question you asked, it answers it immediately. And that's how the format has to go. Um, they call that uh, featured snippets. Hmm. Um, have you heard that term? No, haven't. Okay, featured snippets is really cool. I think, and, and this is another good little tip today. Um, I didn't even mention this yesterday. So this is top secret. <laughs> Brand new information. <laughs> top secret. <laughs> Nobody can, you can't repeat this. So um, the uh, featured snippets are very interesting how you have to do it. So have you ever searched a page and you see the little top box and it has maybe the exact answer to a question or maybe different bullet points but it's a very specific size. Have you seen hmm, that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's usually highlighted in a black like rectangle. So what you do is, and this is kind of a smart, let's say you see a competitor there and you're like, whoa, you know, I know my, my content is better. I'm you have to be on the first page though, somewheres. So if your competitor is up there and you say, hmm, my article is definitely better than his. Let me see how he wrote his featured snippet or rich snippet, how you want to call it, featured snippet. And look at what he has, and you're going to have to see the exact amount of words that are in there. And then you're going to want to reformat your blog the same way. Hmm. And if your content is truly better and you get somebody else to link at that, you think your content's stronger, you could probably take that position. I've done it. In many cases, I see competitors doing things like that. W, uh, what is eat? Mm -hmm. I went, I was like, that is huge. You know, Google is really, that's one of their biggest acronyms and people were really searching for that. So I formatted, structured the blog and put a little schema markup behind it. Boom. In five days, that blog ranked number one. Hmm. It was insane from the day I released it. Well so, done. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Everybody asks me, what's, if you were to say, what's one thing to do, right? I say, I don't, I, I, it's very hard for me to say one thing mm -hmm. because 
doing incremental bits is how you're going to get there. So doing a top five is great. Number one, go find out what your site's doing, start tracking it, and then get a game plan. You're going to have to pick the correct keywords. And uh, this is funny. I had somebody give me these keywords, Mm -hmm. and they gave me the keyword of land. And, you know, we're all auctioneers out there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, land, uh, tractor, farm. I go, okay. All right, if somebody looking for you, they're going to type in farm. Mm-hmm. Well, no, but we deal with that. Okay, is somebody going to type in land and actually think they're going to find you? Well, you know, you would think that they would. I, no, you have to get very specific. Mm-hmm. So farm auctioneers or farm auctions. And it's even better where you get what we call longer tail. So the longer the string. Uh, farm auctions in Kentucky. Right. In Louisville, Kentucky, <laughs> I should say. Um, so you've got to get really accurate. Now, those searches, there may not be a lot of searches for that, but it's exactly the people you right. want to get. It's the qual- quality over the quantity. Quality right. over, right. I and learned see, something. You did. <laughs> right. Everything I'm going to say re- revolves about high-end quality. The better you can get, the closest you can get to like per- perfect content and perfect site health. Uh, you'll never achieve it, but the closest you can get there, I would say with the least amount of imperfections, mm-hmm. get there. Um, a big one here, and I wrote this in my note uh, that we should talk about, is page speed. Mm. Is it easy to do? Uh, I, I'm not going to try to throw the blanket over your eyes or wool over your head. It is difficult. Um, but I will have some quick pointers. So let me just give you an example. We had a site that was in Drupal, and we moved it over to WordPress. When we moved it, we noticed that we kind of made a mistake when we did the homepage and used a page building tool in there. And I bet some people are listening like, I used that page builder. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that. Yeah, I used Revolution <laughs> Slider. Um, but anyways, I found that out, and it put all these different elements in the page. And after we launched it, I was like, wait a minute. Did you guys even check this? I should have checked it, really, but I'm too busy running the company, (laughs) just like everybody else listening to us. Um, I trust the developer. I trust these people. So when I found that out, it took us three weeks to get it to a point where I wanted to be acceptable. And I mean, when I say three weeks, I was working on it every day. Mm. And so I would say, here's the first couple of things to help you with your site speed. The number one thing I see is everybody's images. That... That will tank you. That will slow your site down. So I think I made some suggestions yesterday. You have to look at all the images on your site. And is there a sweet spot for the image size? Yes, there is. And it's 100 kilobytes. Mm-hmm. And it's a, there's a very easy way to do this. If you know Photoshop, you can optimize it with Photoshop. But something really easy is compressor.io. If you go to that website, you could drag your image in there it compresses it automatically using an algorithm, and then you just download it and pop it up back to your website. And, you know, a lot of people say, Gary, well, I have thousands of mm-hmm. images. And I said, welcome to the game. Yep. <laughs> you know, so it's something you have to do. And, I mean, if you have photographers out there, I, I know some people said that they can't add alt tags, which is an alternate description uh, for ADA compliance to images. Um I'm wondering when they op or push them up to this website, if they can either rename them or have their people in the field, you know, make notes on that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure. 
but those images should all be optimized. Reason being is, let's say somebody's surfing and they say, oh, I'm, I want to see what this thing looks like, and it takes forever to download, they're going to you know, bounce off. So it's very important to do. Um, so I talked about the featured snippets, which are really cool. Um, oh, here's a good one. All right. And I didn't bring this up in discussion. More this new is, information. That's right. We should have like a, a sound or something. <laughs> I'll add it in post. <laughs> oh, that's right. You can do that. Bing, bing. It's just in. Is there sounds for like the start of an auction or something? Oh, no. I mean, people usually have uh, catchphrases that they do. So, oh, they do? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's pretty okay. fun. All right. Secret tip number two. All right. Okay. This is an interesting one. So I say increase dwell time. Okay, that's weird. Mm -hmm. What does that exactly mean? So increase the time you're spending on a site, right? That is a scoring signal because, look, let's face it. Google knows what we're doing right now. They know where I am because my phone is here. I'm on the Internet, and they know patterns what you're doing. And when I went up to a Google meeting, what they told me is, we want to know before you think you know that you're going to buy something, we want to start sending you info on it. Wow. So my feeling is, like with the Google Home devices, they say they don't record you. Um, trust me, they read every email if you're in Gmail. I have a feeling, you know, and... I might get struck down by the big G. It may <laughs> fall on me today. But I have a feeling they know more than what you really think. There is no real privacy, especially on your phones. Even if you have it in airplane mode, it's sending info either to Apple or Google. So what they want to do is have you get up one day and you're around the house. You have your Nest thermostat. Let's say you're having a conversation with your husband. And, oh, you know, that washer, we should be looking at getting a new washer. And all of a sudden, two days later, you start getting, hey, sale on this washer. Yep. Um, whoa, that's kind of scary, but that's what they want to do. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to the dwell time. So it's how long somebody is staying on your site. So Aaron asked me, how do I fix that? How do I fix that, Gary? <laughs> I like that. See, now <laughs> this is good. All right. Um, so to fix that, there's a couple things you could do, right? The site has to be quick to entice them. Of course, they have to have great information on exactly what they're looking for. But video, that's a cool way to have somebody stick on the site. So let's say you're doing an auction. And what I found fascinating was the auction yesterday. Why not put yourself out there on how... An auction runs because I think I mentioned everybody. Sometimes everybody gets stuck into the mode. Oh, and they take for granted that they should know what an auction is, right? I don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was like, whoa, this is like so cool. It was like being at a mini concert. Mm -hmm. So sometimes an entrepreneur gets that uh, tunnel vision and they can't see really around what's going on in other people's perceptions. So take a step back and think of a video like I was talking about my parents. They need to auction off their stuff. They don't know anything about it. How much does an auctioneer charge? Um, do I have to ship the stuff somewhere? So maybe those are things that you can go on there as a business owner and talk from that homepage. You know, you're going to have a lot of savvy people looking for deals for auctions and People are going to know about them, but there are going to be people that don't. And I think a majority of people, that's a whole new um, revenue stream for you. Yeah, so we uh, this year, the NAA launched um, 
a blog for the public. Mm -hmm. So we recognize the fact that many people don't know how auctions work or they have an antiquated idea of what auctions are. And so we've launched this initiative to benefit our members to get the awareness in the public of what they do because we have five different communities of practice even. We have, Mm. it's not just farmland auctions, it's benefit and fundraising auctions, it's personal property, it's real estate. Um, We have contract auctioneers who go around and do any number of, of assets. So it really reaches a lot farther than people know. And so that's been a big initiative of ours this year. So Yeah, you know what? And my um, perception was that, what's that, Meckham Auto? Meckham, right? Mm-hmm. That was what I considered an right. auction, right? right? And then I've seen some TV shows where they're auctioning off at like farms, mm-hmm. right? And they'll even auction off chickens and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? This is cool. <laughs> I, can, I, I like those chickens. So. They can sell anything. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm fascinated is that two, four, five, going once, twice. Right. Yeah. That, that like kills me. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that, you know, in action, that was really cool. So, you know, if uh, an entrepreneur creates some kind of video, gets somebody sticking on that site, that's only going to benefit them. Because mm-hmm. I don't think, I didn't see any videos within anybody's sites when I was surfing. No. No, zero. That's a good sneak tip. One thing you talked about yesterday was creating an FAQ page, which I think kind of serves this purpose as well, not with the dwell time, but mm-hmm. with the inf- for informational side uh, and the keyword side yep. of driving people to your site and different places we can get those keywords in an FAQ page is sure. really relevant. Um, yeah, you're 100% right. FAQ pages... There's two parts to it. Most people think, I'll just put FAQs up, but it's how you want to word those FAQs, right? Like, um, how do I find an auctioneer? How do I know if it's a good auctioneer? Or It's one of those who, where, why, how, and what. So anything that's asking a question, you want to have that in as one of the FAQs. Or how many times if somebody called your business, they said, well, what do you guys charge? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's going to be a big oh, yeah. a big one, right? So you want to put those FAQs for common questions. But if you word them correctly and you have the exact answer, you could support that by putting in the schema I was talking about yesterday. Mm-hmm. Because FAQ, putting it on your page, is only 50% without creating that schema markup. Um, that's going to go a little technical, and mm-hmm. I don't think people, you know, they might draw off the road when I start talking about that <laughs> right now. Um, but if they want to know about schema, you could just type in what is schema, what is FAQ schema, and most of the information you're going to find is going to be incorrect. So yeah. if you want to know about it, let us know. And but we'll- I think a lot of people will run into the problem that we're going to run into in, in revamping our website is that we deal with a third party yep. and that we don't necessarily have access to that code and that place to put the schema. So um, it's it's going to be a lot about working with your third-party vendor, working with your bidder platform, whatever it is, to make those changes. Sure. And you know what? I was talking to a lot of people yesterday. That seems to be a common theme. What I was thinking was almost putting like a head on top of the engine, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So create a either WordPress site on the front end that connects to the bidding because if we connect something on the front that you build out, you could build out pages, you can make it have a look, but you can always give small examples of what's going on in the bid to kind of draw people in. Mm-hmm. 
and then they go to the bidding engine. So uh, that's one thing I'm running in my head, but I have to understand more about the yeah, platforms. For sure. Maybe I could talk to those guys and say, hey, here's what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might be a good idea. Benefit for us. All right, you want to know another sneak tip? All right. This is a good one. It's something to use in your weaponry against competition. So the big thing is real estate, right? You, If you have larger real estate and you own the real estate, you're going to take it away from your competitor. Same thing on a web page. If you're in position one, that's like the holy grail. But what happens if position one took up more space, uh, maybe two to three times the space? And have you ever seen it when you go there and they have, oh, like it has the title and then it has contact us, products, services, and it have all these site links? Sure. Okay. How do you get those? That's going to be the next question. Mm-hmm. Well, if you write a blog or you have like a paragraph of content on your site and there's a lot more content, create a table of contents. Mm. Okay. If you create a table of contents that's really laid out, and it only could be about four or five, or you could have a 20 that you just tap it and you scroll down, you know, inside mm-hmm. the site, that creates site links. Mm. So that's a quick tip. So that's another thing that could be done. Like right now, you go yeah. home and say, whoa, I know this page. I could create a table of content. Mm-hmm. And if you create that, the likelihood of you getting those site links is pretty high. Nice. Right? You know, you can't guarantee anything because it's Google. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more you do to try to affect the outcome, the better you're going to be. All right. Do we have any, like, side questions you have for me so far? No. I'll keep running? Good. I mean, they might have questions, but I'm good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, call in right now at 555-1212, and nobody will answer that phone. <laughs> this is a virtual world. Um, all right, a couple more tips. We're probably going to go over five. <laughs> I think we're already there. Are we there? Yeah. But that's fine. Yeah, I have a, I'm like an auctioneer. Right. I, I cannot uh, stop talking. I met a great gentleman the other night, Phil. Oh, my God, he had the best stories last night. It was mm-hmm. great. And you know what's really cool? Everybody at this auction is so warm and welcoming. It was one of the best, uh, I'd say, the top of my speaking engagements. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. And I've done them all over. Some people are sticks in the mud. <laughs> you know, some people want to, uh, you know, do a back and forth adversary, adversary type thing. Mm-hmm. I could, that's the proper way. And uh, it's like, oh, my God, I'm here to help. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I'm not Google. And right. they think I'm Google. They want to beat me up. I go, no. look, I'm just trying to give you tips. We're like, help us, Gary, please. <laughs> you know, and... and it's one of those things where you could never get frustrated doing this and throwing your hands in the air mm-hmm. and running around and screaming. You know, I go through my office and I call it like the gorilla wave, like, <laughs> you know, we're going crazy. <laughs> but um, it's it just takes a lot of time and patience. Mm-hmm. You know, like running a business, you're not going to go out there and make $5 million your first year mm-hmm. unless, you know, you've got an exceptional, one-of-a-kind thing. Uh, so this is something you have to work at. Mm-hmm. So um, here's another little two tips. I'm going to make this two tips in one. So commercial keywords. Have you ever heard that term? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to call this commercial keywords that you could go after. So do a search um, in your industry and look at your competitors. Are they bidding on a keyword? You know, in Google, right? Most of them are, or some of them are, some are not. But you're going to want to find those ones that like, whoa, I should own that top spot but how much are they paying for that keyword? Because there's tools you can go out and search. Um, 
on Google, they can, if you have an AdWords account, you go right in there. And there's another company called SpyFu that you put the keyword in and it tells you how much that is costing unpaid. So if your competitor is paying $25 a click, you could assume that keyword is one that's converting for him. And if it's not, he's pretty foolish and spending 25 bucks. <laughs> But normally, they're testing it, right? Let them do the testing for you. So the keyword that you use to find that ad is a keyword that you want, you're going to want to go after. It may not have a lot of search volume, and you may not think, but you've got buyers there. So that's what I call, you know, doing a little competitive research. And, you know, that SEM Rush tool mm-hmm. um, will definitely help you out. Ah, this could be great for auctioneers. Okay. This is what I was thinking last night. I was trying to write down what kind of tips could we talk about that are different from today's event. Mm-hmm. So this is, I call it ranking for statistic keywords. Hmm. hmm. Let's think on that. <laughs> what is that, Gary? There you go. Oh, that's <laughs> we got a good one going perfect. here. <laughs> <laughs> um, ranking for statistics. So how much, is, how much uh, student debt is in the United States 2020, hmm. right? And that's, you want to find out a statistic of something. How, how many homes uh, are being lost in the crisis, mm-hmm. right, in 2020? How many auctions are done per year? Mm-hmm. These are statistics. People want to know this. These rank really high. It's a great thing to put out. Now, when you do it, you want to have accurate information, of course. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're not going to rank. But you can most likely get search time the results because of that. Um, so start thinking of like statistical information that you give out. Um, would you know any offhand? I don't want to put you on the spot. Oh, but. you know, a statistic that we're asked for a lot at the association is the percentage of women in mm. the auction industry. And, you know, That's a great one. Uh, measuring the amount of auctioneers in the industry is a difficult task and one that we're trying to do, but it's, it's hard to know. Um, some states are licensed, some states are not. So finding out that information is hard, but we know that 17% of our members are women. Really? So we have that solid statistic. Wow. And I guess one of the winners of the, what do you call the auctioneer that does the blah, 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 blah? <laughs> auctioneer. Auctioneer. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> that is Woo. the auctioneer. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go look up that keyword later and find out the statistics of why Gary doesn't know that. <laughs> So the auctioneer, um, doing the fast talking, Mm -hmm. um, she was a winner a couple of years ago, right? Yep, IAC champion. Mm -hmm. That is really cool. And she was excellent. So that's like the perfect statistic to use. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like unbelievable. That, if you guys wrote a blog on that and formatted that correctly, I'm sure you're going to be calling me, how do we do that? (laughs) Gary, how do I do this? Right. That could rank incredibly high. And hey, I don't know what the search volume is on that. But once we answer that question and do it in the right format, you're going to get really targeted traffic yeah. because of that. So that's a big one. That's a tip for me. That is a tip for you. <laughs> See, now i got tips for everybody today. All right. So I'm going to probably ramble on, let's do, I'm going to do an auction right now. An auction of what needs to be done on the site and uh-huh. ramble. Do you think that'd be kind of fun? Oh, uh, sure. All right. So this, if they're driving in a car, please focus on driving, right? Look straight ahead. Right. If you're not and you have some time, you're not going to be able to write it down with a pen. Just keep hitting the rewind button. Mm-hmm. So here we go. There's so many scoring signals, but I'm going to go through a few, which I think 
will be kind of fun. It's not going to be in the bidding format. I know I can't do that. So let's talk about it. Number one thing, robots text file, XML sitemap. The robots text file is the first thing that Google searches, and you need your XML sitemap in there. If you ask yourself what's a robots text file or an XML sitemap, you got to know. Go Google it because that is the key, one of the key things to getting your site found. Number two, setting up Google and uh, Google Analytics and Google Search Console. And that's, you have to have that. Again, it's the foundation. Uh, incoming links, outreach, getting links from friends, your vendors, uh, partners, uh, maybe homeowners that have Facebook pages say, hey, my house is being auctioned, or they have a blog, have them link to you because that link will stay there. On-page optimization. Here's where I'm going to auction. Meta tags, title tags, description tags, rich snippet schema, JSON, LD, knowledge graph, internet linking. Did that sound good? Sold. <laughs> All right. I'll say that. Sorry. <laughs> On-page optimization, meta tags, title tags, description tags, rich snippets, and we talked about that. Mm -hmm. That's little uh, snippets. Schema, JSON, LD, and that's for the knowledge graph. And internal linking. That's one thing that I didn't talk about. And these are my notes for today. Here's an easy one. You could go home right now. Um, there's a program. Have you heard of Grammarly? Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. I use that because I can't spell. My punctuation <laughs> is awful. I can barely speak English. You could probably tell. Go get Grammarly and go through your website using Grammarly because you want to have correct grammar punctuation and spelling believe not believe that believe it or not that is a scoring signal uh, we could edit that out right? yeah oh yeah we'll make you sound super awesome and smooth <laughs> um okay so you want correct link structure and the architecture that may be a problem with some of the bidding programs mm -hmm. but at least on the front end make sure it's done right it looks pretty the sites all the links all work I think on uh, John's site, the one I did an audit for, um, his site looks good. Um, he just has a lot of issues with it yeah. um, under, the, under the hood, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, the URL with keywords included. So on our site, if you go to our site, if you want an example of a perfectly optimized site, go to us, seoinc.com, look at it, look how we do the pages, how the URLs, how we structure them, like seoinc.com slash seo hyphen services. You always want to put a hyphen between the keywords and the mm. URL. It's a big one. And the page size, compressed images, and using alt tags for the images. And you want to do that to make the site more accessible for people that are blind and or disabled. So I think that was my top factors. Um, are we good? Yeah, I think uh, we went from top five tips to top 55, and that's fine. I know we did. <laughs> Everybody says, give, give me top five. And I'm like, oh, please, I need to talk more. <laughs> There's too much in my brain, right? <laughs> and that, you know, that brings us to really the depth of it. And you had a great quote yesterday when you said, people ask you, when is SEO enough? Like, when have you done enough? And you said, when your competitors all die and Google stops updating. And I died about that. I mean, what a perfect way to say it. <laughs> exactly, right? That's when you can stop. You know, people go, oh, are we going in maintenance mode now? I was like, 
There's no such thing as mm-hmm. maintenance mode because today four of your competitors started learning about SEO mm-hmm. and now they're going to outrank you. I mean, you could never turn it off. Um, it, it, my other little analogy is like it's washing your hair. So imagine, oh, can I go in maintenance mode on that? Yeah, people <laughs> won't want to get near you. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So I always, at the end of our podcast, do something a little fun with people and try not to be too embarrassing to them. Uh-huh. But I'll be nicer to you since you're you're not a member, you're a guest, <laughs> special guest. Okay. Um, but we ca- I can't let you go without talking about your musician days. Oh, boy. And who did you play with? What did you play? Favorite experiences? Favorite mm. musicians? Do you still keep in touch with anyone exciting? Answer all of those. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, yeah. I get asked, uh, you know, sometimes about that when I let it out. <laughs> yeah, but I was a musician for 15 years, mm-hmm. and what an unbelievable experience that was, right? I'll never forget what turned me into a musician. Uh, I was 19. I never touched a guitar before, before this. I just got out of high school. I was like, what am I going to do with my life? So my buddy says, oh, come, you know, we're, we have a, we're playing at the high school gym. I said, all right, cool, I'll go there. And I went in, and these guys weren't the best looking, except for the lead singer. They, they were looking <laughs> like Always how it is, right? Yeah, <laughs> a ratty, hippie group, you know, because I'm 61, so we're talking some years ago, mm-hmm. uh, 1976. But what I saw was every girl ran to the front of the stage, like 40 girls packed it. I was like, whoa. I got to learn how to do that. <laughs> and you know what the weird thing was? I, I, don't, I can't read music. In six months, I was playing. And who I played with, uh, we were the house band at the Stone Pony. Mm-hmm. And all these musicians, we were like the band to sit in with. So I played with Springsteen, uh, Bruce Springsteen, yep. John Bon Jovi, Richie Sambora. Um, actually, Tico was in one of our bands. Mm-hmm. And Richie and John stole them to <laughs> create Bon Jovi. Wow. Um, Steven Tyler, we op- yeah we opened for the Birds. Wow. Uh, we also did uh, uh, a couple different tours. Uh, I've toured with a couple different bands. Um, some of the highlights were a concert at the Palladium. Mm-hmm. We opened up for the Cutting Crew, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not going to do any singing, but they had that song. <laughs> I just die in your arms tonight. Uh, yeah, Ooh. you did sing. Right, <laughs> gotcha. I did sing. Yeah, but that was really awful too. <laughs> Um, it was such a great experience. You know, I love talking to people. Um, I was up on stage in front of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. So to me, getting up there and talking to people, is just like one-on-one, right? Yep. It's pretty cool. Great experiences. Some funny times. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you one that will flip everybody out. I think All it's right. kind of funny. <laughs> so I go in the back, and Bruce Springsteen and I are sitting in the manager's just office. Just hanging he, out. Yeah, just hanging out. He calls me in. <laughs> And he's got this underbite. So he's like, hey, Gary, uh, I wrote a new song and I want to try out tonight. I'm like, cool, Bruce, what is it? Um, uh, Joan Jett has a new movie coming out. And uh, it's called The Light of Day. And I want to try it. I says, well, nobody in the band knows it. because mm-hmm. I'm showing you now. And you're going to tell the band. <laughs> right? I'm like, holy shit. Okay. No problem, Bruce. So it w- it's a great song. It's like these open chords. And Bruce can get all aggressive and saunter up to the mic, right? Mm-hmm. So he didn't bring his guitar, so he asked to borrow one of mine. And I had like four guitars there, but they each have this whammy bar. Mm-hmm. And if you lay your hand on it, it knocks the guitar out of tune. Mm-hmm. 
So we go up there, we got the drum beat going. So imagine this, the whole room is vibing, it's going crazy. Bruce turns around, faces the audience, struts up to the mic, bam, hits this open E chord. I say, hey, everybody, you guys ready to rock tonight? And he starts playing a lead. It's like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, right? So he looks at me, like the guitar's out of tune, right? The bouncers on the side of the stage were looking at me. You didn't tune the guitar? So they're all pissed off at me, right? Uh -huh. So Bruce hands the guitar to me. I take his guitar. I bam, hit the chord, and it's like perfect. Uh -huh. So Bruce comes running back. I mean, this is the way to start out a show. <laughs> right. Two or three times he did no. this. He goes, let's try that again. Right? <laughs> right? The people, were they were just so amped out of their mind just seeing Bruce. Of course. But it was awful. So I had to get one of my really old guitars mm -hmm. with no fancy stuff. Bruce gets up there, hits that chord. The roof goes off of the place. He goes, this is what I need, an old Fender Strat. Bam, starts yep. ripping. Uh, that was really embarrassing. I thought I could never get off stage. They were going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and do you still keep in touch with anyone? Um, well, most of those guys are, you know, they kind of shut yeah, off like yeah. anybody. But I did run into Richie Sambora at an airport, mm -hmm. and he bumped me to first class. And nice. that was a crazy night. Mm -hmm. Champagne flowing. <laughs> oh, <no>. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, everybody hated us because we were singing. We are banging on people's chairs. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Rowdy it's, bunch. It was rock star stuff. <laughs> Such up. a rock star, Gary. <laughs> uh, well, that was fantastic. Thank you for opening up about your life a little bit. And thank you for all that you've done for us at the NAA and for our members. We appreciate you so much, and we hope that you continue to come back and, and teach us more. So. This group is a fun group, and uh, I wouldn't hesitate to come back. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today for our first podcast. You can find the Auction Advocate podcast wherever you listen into podcasts or at auctioneers.org slash podcast or auctionadvocate.buzzsprout.com. So everywhere you can find us, I will link all those in the show notes. If you want to learn more about auction marketing, be sure to sign up for the NAA's Auction Marketing Management course, which has been rewritten just this year. Also new this year is AMM Next, for those who have already taken AMM and are ready to go to the next level. These are both new at Designation Academy starting in just one month. Find out more information at auctioneers.org slash Designation Academy. On behalf of the National Auctioneers Association, I'm Erin Ships, and we are so glad you're all in with us. Have a fantastic day. 